This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Brody King, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 92. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and we apologize for the rather kind of like a day late on the uh, the recap and analysis episode today. We had Hell in a Cell this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, we did have a couple of things in our lives that kept us about 24 hours removed from when to get this up on time. Uh, Nick had a sick dog. I am That's s- one way to put it. I'm sick as a dog. Uh, Nick, I'm gonna uh, call you sick and dangerous for yes, today. Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying. I'm holding it together, man. Uh, cough syrup and caffeine is 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 doing wonders. Um, and then also, if you as you may notice, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, Nick is a few shades darker thanks yes. to a, a week uh, in a lovely tropical island paradise. Indeed, indeed. So, it was fantastic, and thanks everybody again for uh, for tolerating my absence. But we were filled in with the great Judith Brooke. Yes, thank you to Judith Brooke for uh, helping us out last yes. week. Well done, well, uh, well done. A wonderful debut. We hope to have her back again. Uh, but we need to talk about Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. In a cell. Uh, apparently, that's the only way you can say it now. But yes. uh, but yeah, that was a, it. Was a show um, much like my Raiders this weekend. It was all good until the last few minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, and I, honestly, I thought it was a really good show overall, but we got to talk about that finish, uh, the, the, the finish of this show, the returning Brock Lesnar, uh, and Paul Heyman and what that means. We can't talk about that right away, but to wait till we get to that in the show, we got to sure. give you reason to, to hang out and hear our thoughts about that finish. Well, let's give everybody uh, some quick plugs. Uh, as always, you can head over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And if you like this show and want to give us show us your support, we've got some really kick-ass tiers over at Patreon.com slash BWO. $5 tier, $10 tier, all kinds of good stuff in there for you to check out. Definitely hit that subscribe button with the little notification bell right here on YouTube so you can join us every single time we go live on YouTube. Mm, indeed. And also, don't uh, please, if you listen to us on a podcast, share and subscribe to that as well. Tell all your friends. Let's make this show as big as possible. Yes. Uh, we are growing steadily, and I love it. But uh, that being said, speaking of growing steadily, we got to go talk about the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, which actually I thought was a really solid smaller card you know they, they've had some really big cards lately this was eight matches including the pre-show and i thought it was a nice tight card and every match was had a good build and was a, was a well-told story to get to the match for the most part uh and then the match themselves for the most part 
delivered. Yeah, I think that's worth taking some time to discuss here because we've always, you know, since they've rejoined the brands earlier this year, they've seemed like there's been this just this long slog of of matches where you even forget like some of the matches or you, oh, I forgot that match was coming. Right. Right. So Baron, Baron I, Corbin is a match. Oh, I forgot. I, right. I completely agree with you and what you had to say last week. This felt just it felt like the, the Goldilocks kind of pay-per-view card. Mm. Uh, so, yes, there were there were a lot of people that were absent, and I think that was worth calling out. But at the same time, it was it, they had nothing significant going on, really. Yeah. And that I love the, how tight this was. It was about three and a half. Three and a half hours? Three and a half hours. Yeah, three hours, 45 minutes, I think, Yeah, you know, to belt, uh, open to close, uh, and then plus pre-show. Yep. But, uh, yeah, no, it was it was a tight show, and I actually, if all their pay-per-views were like this, I think they'd get a lot less flack for ones that they have, like, what was it, Backlash this year that was so god-awful? Oh, it was like six um, hours, wasn't it? Uh, no, Backlash was not six hours. It felt it was, like it was. It felt like it was, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but no, overall, this was good. But let's start, let's actually go break down the show. Let's start with yeah. the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and in a match that I was kind of shocked was on the pre-show they didn't try to fit on the main show and put like another more nothing match on the pre-show but it was the new day versus rusev day oh hey look tag team getting second fiddle again uh, or, or tag, not division. Only tag division but new day how many times have they defended their smackdown live tag belts on the pre-show remember them and them versus the usos this time twice, last year at least twice last was year. on the pre-show and yeah. they 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 actually blew doors off the place on the pre-show those last times and this was actually a really good match too yeah, it was even though the second I saw it was on the pre-show, I knew that my pick for uh, New Day to retain was going to be a solid pick because there ain't no way Rusev Day is winning those belts on the pre-show, and sure yeah. enough, they didn't. That would have swayed my pick as well. So. Yeah, the second I saw that, no, the second I saw that, I was like, aha. Uh, but that being said, it was actually a, a, it was a strong match for a pre-show match. Um, very physical. You know, Aiden English has been getting a lot more time with his current incarnation of Rusev Day. You know, he always right. just used to be enhancement, and now they're letting him get some moves in, and he is quite good. He doesn't always look like he belongs in a wrestling ring, and he's so freakishly pale that Sheamus looks tan by comparison. But at the same time, the dude's fun to watch. Yeah, he can work. He absolutely can, and that's something I've been saying for a long time. I love Aiden English because of his ability to do that stuff. So, yeah. I have to admit that was a softball pitch. Sure. To you for your Aiden English love. Back. Yep. <laughs> anyway, no, I think there were there. Rusev Day's in a really good spot, and it's actually the only reason I picked them is because they did recover from that. They were teasing the split there for a while, for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and now Aiden's had his redemption. And I thought, bang, this will be the perfect moment to kind of just solidify that, put Rusev Day over, and, and give them a chance to to just carry those belts for how. Who cares how long it is? But ultimately, in this in this match, we saw Aiden not really screw up again. Rusev kind of screwed up, but there was still like the the the, the communication wasn't there. Uh, Aiden tried to lock in the accolade when Rusev wasn't available on the on the on the ring apron, and he's not strong enough to hold it in. I liked how they sold that. Yeah, that only Rusev is strong enough to hold that accolade onto people. Nice. That was like that was a cool one. Uh, but at the end, it definitely you know Aiden took the pin, and it looked like there was still some dissension, some problems with Rusev Day. So I'm kind of smelling like either they don't know what they want to do with Rusev Day, or they're they know what they want to do and they wanted to make them work for a while in order to break them down again. Maybe. And it's still some start stop booking with this whole story that makes me worried. This is going to become another Sasha Bailey kind of thing where it's just, we're going to kill it anymore. Well, I don't, it's hard to predict when they don't even know what they're doing is is what I'm saying. Like if (laughs) there's been enough times when they haven't known what they're doing, that you see this kind of thing and you wonder if they're, they know what they're doing. So, or they know where they're going, I should say. 
So it, it does worry me a little bit, but uh, as I said, I didn't expect Rusev Day to pick it up here. I think there's more story to tell there, but before they win the tag belts, if they ever do, which I, I frankly have my doubts about, but, uh, but yeah, this was, yeah, I thought it was a fun match. Yeah. I, I had a good time. New day does retain. Ultimately, uh, you did win this one on the pickums. So. Uh, I did. I did. Uh, you and you and Judith Brooke both picked uh, Rusev Day. I think. I think over hopefully, but uh, but yes, realistically. What other way is there to be? But yet, but hopeful. Uh, I don't know. Winning. Um. So let's see. Next on the main show, we had our first appearance of the Twizzler Hell in a Cell cage. Yes. It was painted all red this week. Uh. uh <laughs> In our comment section in our in our uh, YouTube chat here, Eric seventy six E just called it the ketchup belt defended in the ketchup cage. Heinz is the real winner here. Yes, uh, well said. That's that's pretty much it. Like it, it looked, I thought like a uh, Fisher Price playpen. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, I didn't like the look of it. Twizzlers or red vines. Made out of red vines. Um, here's the thing: it did end up growing on me. When I realized I could see the action in the ring a lot better. Yes. Because I was going to say that too. It did actually help pop what was going on in the ring. The problem is, is it didn't look intimidating in any way, shape, or form. And it's hard, become harder and harder for WWE to sell me, particularly on Hell in a Cell being this crazy, dangerous match that, you know, will shorten people's careers. And it's, oh, it's so scary. You never You're, leave the same. You never leave the same. <laughs> It'll mess you up. And, you know, then you have a Hell in a Cell match and you're like, really, that was it? That, that wasn't that bad at all. Like, you know, and it makes it worse when it, when it kind of just looks like a, a big plastic, you know, uh, Play uh, like, set. yeah, like a toy set descending from the ceiling. But we had our first match in there and it was Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, uh, the someone might die match. And honestly, this is one of the better Hell in a Cell matches, in my opinion, in recent memory. I really enjoyed this more than I thought I would, yeah. to, to be honest. Uh, it got, you know, ran, well, to, to go back to that catchphrase of you you never leave the same or a little bit of you gets left in the cage er, in the in the cell every time. Randy Orton can say that for reals because he left a big old hunk of meat out of his left thigh oh. uh, in the cell. A strip of meat. Oh. Came, oh, it was, so Jeff at one point put a, a chair on Randy swantoned onto him which knocked the chair into randy's jaw and you could see him like legit checking his jaw to make sure he wasn't broken but then afterwards rolled him over and pinned him on the chair the chair had been messed up over you know from them hitting each other with it and then swantoning one piece of metal sticking out of the chair you could actually see it gouge the the meat out of Uh. randy's leg and when he rolled over Probably one of the most un-PG shots I've seen in WWE in a long time. They close, They got a close-up on his leg. This little flappy thing of meat just hanging off. <laughs> oh, it was so nasty. But I will say, you know, Jeff Hardy did not die, um, allegedly. I well, mean, he was gurneyed out. But we we did not get the the huge spot off the top. Swanton Bond off the top of the cell onto the announce table. They didn't we go outside the cell. We were gonna, they didn't no. go out, no. no. Um, but we did get some where he's a monkey doing monkey bars hanging from the top of the cell. He set Some up Ray Mysterio shit. Like, he, so that's what yeah, Ray he set up do. this whole intricate thing with two different ladders, a big table, and then you know monkey swings out and starts swinging back and forth, thinking that you're going to you know, land on I thought he was going to do his classic like, leg drop over the higher... You know, like when he stands, little, what do you stands call it? frog on the, leap or whatever. Yeah, he stands on the lower ladder and then frog leaps over the top one and leg drops onto the table. I thought he was, was going to do that, but then he ends up getting up onto the top of the of the cell and hanging from it and like you said and swinging back and forth and the timing was a little off because randy left that table way before jeff let go 
But then Jeff basically fell 20 feet and face planted into the, the table, which honestly, on depending on the camera angle you looked at, either didn't look that bad or looked just awful. Uh, like ter- like 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 it was brutal. Well, I, I think I commented to you that I, a couple of weeks ago he had jumped out of the stands onto a set of tables with Randy Orton on it, and that yeah. looked higher. It that looked was higher. That it was a higher at spot all, at all, but it was it, it it looked higher because of the way they shot it and it looked. I don't know. I I personally wasn't as impressed by him falling from that height, even though I know it's a long way down, and he face planted on that table. Uh, they just sold it as as so brutal, and it didn't look as brutal as they sold it compared to what we've seen Jeff Hardy take in the past yeah. and um i did like how they they handled this where the ref was calling for stretchers and raise up the ring and randy kept yelling at him dude i'm gonna pin him do your job like don't like don't don't worry about stretchers nothing i'm winning this match right now yeah. and force the ref to count the pin i did like that aspect of it but it did feel a little bit anticlimactic um but there was a there was some nice bit of brutality in this match you know they had jeff's belt got taken off and he whipped randy's back and oh. randy had this Perfect two rows of holes in his back. Oh, was- from the spikes on the belt. Mm. Oh man! Because mm. I saw when Randy first got a hold of that belt, and he was whipping Jeff with it. Yeah. He actually looked at it to make sure he wasn't going to hit him with the studs that were on it. Yeah, and Jeff I don't just think went, Jeff just. I don't Jeff think Jeff cares. Doesn't give a crap. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all hopped up on on Mountain Dew and. He he and- must have had twenty little droplets, uh, little puncture wounds all the way across his back. That was great. It's yeah. nothing like the Hell of the, War the, match. The draping, but, I mean, it's it's still pretty gross. The draping DDT. Uh, from the middle rope, and he you know he lands on his back, and he comes up, and there's this perfect little pattern on the mat. Uh, but yeah, it was for a Hell in a Cell match. It had some nice brutality. Uh, the the screwdriver in the ear, we can't not mention that. Where he, where Randy instead of inserting his dick fingers into uh, Jeff's ear holes, he actually took a, a screwdriver this time. Dick fingers in put your it, ear uh, holes. You heard me, and uh, stuck his stuck the screwdriver into Jeff's uh, gauge hole in his ear, yeah. and uh, twisted it around. I mean, it was a, it was a very engaging spot. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was very uncomfortable. A lot of people you could see in the crowd were just visibly uncomfortable, which is the point. Small that children were crying the, and grown men were puking. Yeah, it was the point. It yeah. was a fantastic spot. Overall, very entertaining match. Yeah. Great way to open the show. And I actually thought it was the best choice to open the show. So I thought I went out on a limb here. This was my stretch call, but uh, I thought maybe Jeff would ride off into the sunset with his crazy thing no. uh, with a victory. But yeah, 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 that's that's me. That's how I pick. Yeah. So uh, you but, and uh, you and JB both picked Randy Orton to win this. That's one. absolutely correct. Yeah. We we both figured that uh, this was the one that Randy was going to win because Jeff had just been on top for the last few weeks. Uh, and apparently, we, it's we don't know if it's the last we've seen of Jeff because he was taken to the hospital, quote, coughing up blood with with abdominal pain. But then, according to WWE.com, he walked out of the hospital on his own accord later that night. So okay, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next up, we got to talk about uh, Charlotte facing off against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Wow. Yes, uh, I love this, and it was Great I match. mostly love it because it culminated in the way that I I thought it would, and that I'm glad that they pulled the trigger on the way that they did. So first of all, it was a very competitive match. Uh, I loved the the back and forth. I loved Becky working over Charlotte's arm to try and set her up for this arm her. Uh, I like the fact that the audience was a little split still. They didn't want to totally boo Charlotte, but they didn't want to totally cheer her either. And they're also now kind of confused about Becky. 
I, I loved it. I loved the, the fact, but the fact is everyone was passionate about it. Yeah. This feud has been so good that it's engaged people. Yep. And that's, that's the point. And I think we're just getting started, if I'm being honest. I think this Absolutely. is, like I said on my picks, I think this is going to be, strap in, folks. This is going to be a good one, and we're going to be talking about this one uh, for 10 years from now. So I'm really excited this to see feud, where this yeah. goes, uh, this feud between Becky mm-hmm. and Charlotte. I think this belt's going to change hands a few more times over the next few months. Let, let's, let's just enjoy the ride and try not to break it. Yeah, it's a woman. Much. It's a woman's belt. They love tossing those things around back oh, yeah. and forth. Unless uh, it's- so you and I both picked uh, Becky Lynch to actually go over here. Uh, poor JB did not. No, she she thought she went out on a limb, and uh, I think she was being perverse here and thought Charlotte was going to win and continue. To, uh, well, it, which, I don't think that's too perverse. No, I mean, it's, it's it's perverse in this. Actually, it's funny because right before the show, I went back and checked my pickums and I was like, oh my god, I picked Becky. What have I done? I thought Becky winning was a surprise because I thought they would be going on a limb to give it to her here because I thought she was going to be chasing Charlotte for longer and there's going to be some sort of muddled finish. Um, I think I was actually, I think if I remember correctly last week on the show, JB picked Charlotte and I said, I'll just pick Becky to, you know, be contrarian. To be contrarian. But uh, at the same time, you know, obviously she won. So, hey, I knew what I was doing. But uh, in hindsight, it did make sense to put it on her and... With the, in Charlotte's case, it it uh, if you left it on Charlotte, it would have driven people into more of that Roman Reigns territory with yeah. Charlotte, uh, where they would a great been, way to put it. Yep. Where they would have been a little bit more pissed off that they're booking Charlotte to be the winner and to be the champ. So I thought this was a very smart thing to put it on Becky, and it was I thought a nice finish where it was a clean pin. Charlotte went for a spear. And uh, Becky did a surprise roll up into a pin and did a, uh, did a surprise win on her. It still felt like she snuck it out. It didn't feel like a true like she tapped her out or she beat her down until she pinned her. She snuck out a victory. Yeah, but it's still a win. It's and after the yeah. and after the match where she said, uh, you know, Charlotte went for the handshake and Becky slapped it away and said, "You're not taking my moment." And is still doing like she's still kind of a heel, but they're not overdoing it. I guess now, still, they're not. That, that place is going to erupt Tuesday night. I, I don't know where they are for SmackDown t- tomorrow or tonight. Um, but I, that place is going to explode when she walks out with that belt tonight. With that belt, yeah. yeah. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if she opened the show uh, coming out with uh, the SmackDown Live Women's Championship now. That wouldn't surprise me either. But that's, that being said, uh, it is interesting to note that there were reports of people having their, their anti-Charlotte signs confiscated at the show last night. And what? people were suspecting that they were because people who were in the arena and then watching it later were saying that it sounded way more quiet the cheers for Becky. They're like, it was so loud in the arena, the cheers for Becky. But then on the show, it sounded muted. It sounded very quiet. So WWE has never done that before. This is why it's something worth note worth, worth noting is obviously road dog. As you may have seen on Twitter was very invested in the storyline and was irritated that the fans didn't immediately pick up that Becky should be heel and we should be booing her. And so it's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine that he's going to find a way to make us boo her by hook or by crook. He's like, okay, have your moment, but we're going to kind of slowly turn her now and we'll try and get you. We'll try and get you any way we can, which is just the wrong way to think about it. It's, yeah. you know, pivot, like, like be a little bit more light on your feet, pivot, look at what you've got and how to make the most money and the best engaging stories out of that. Don't just, you know, be like that's- bullheadedly. Well, we want her to be heel, whether that's because she's in the, in the Marine coming up and they want her to be heel to promote that. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's a bit of a stretch. I'm stretching on that one. 
so for me, this is one of those feuds, and these two are so good at what they do. You can it's it's a it's a self driving Tesla. Take your hand off the wheel and just let it go because these two are absolutely going to steal the show for as long as they're at the top of the women's card over on SmackDown. As far as I'm concerned, and it's just let them go. You saying it's a self driving Tesla? Just take a hit and let it let just, it drive just, itself. Just let it drive itself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, we had the uh, the tag team match uh, for tag oh. team championships, which was personally my match of the night, if I'm I, being honest. Yeah, I Dol- really... I didn't expect it either. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre facing the current tag team champions, defending against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. This was, newly this renewed. was bananas. Yeah. This, this match, match was... These four guys worked... Tore the house down. Wow. These were so good. Yeah. Uh, the pacing the pacing of this match is what I really wanted to point out, is just how they... They built it up and slowed it down, built it up and slowed it down. Like the, the speed that they would go to, the, the, when Dean is such a great hot tag. The pace he works at when he comes in until someone stops his ass, you know, is, is fantastic. And this, the momentum of this match, the way that they let the air in at certain points was just so well done. And then, of course, the finishing sequence and all the false finishes at the end were brilliant. Yeah, the last 15, 20% of the match, I, I couldn't keep up with who the legal man was at any given time. There was so much like going on back and forth and somebody jumping out and jumping back in. It was beautifully executed. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the, the spot for me of the night was Drew McIntyre jumping back in from outside the ring. I believe Seth was doing a Falcon Arrow. Seth was Dolph. in the middle of doing a Falcon Arrow to, to Ziggler. They're both yeah. illegal guys. They're both beat up. They both false finish each other like two or three times in a <laughs> row. And uh, Seth counters into a Falcon Arrow. Drew comes running in from outside at the most perfect timing. Like he didn't get in and wait. He wasn't waiting outside. He pops up outside, runs in the ring, and Claymore Seth right as he's got Ziggler inverted over his head. The t- I, I I can't even express how good the timing was yeah. on McIntyre's part. That blew to, to my catch. mind. Wow. They both fall to the mat, and, and Ziggler's arm just kind of lays on over top. on Seth, and the ref counts three. One, two, three. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just just so good. Brilliant end to a brilliant match. Yes. It was definitely, I, I think, if not match of the night, then. One of the two matches of the night. Yeah. Fan freaking tastic. And people are already saying it might have been the best main roster match of the year. For Raw, absolutely. I I have been having a hard time thinking of a better one. I'm sure if I really sat down and did it, which I should have done, but, you know, I'm sick. B-Team versus Deleters of World doesn't come to mind. <laughs> Shut your poor mouth. Uh, no, so this, this was fantastic. Uh, just go watch it. It's It was a great match. I... I it's funny because if you look at NXT and you've got uh, Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era, and that's getting a five star from old old Uncle Meltzer, I, I've got to look at this and say, you know, this is this is high end tag team wrestling between four potentially singles guys. Not potentially, they are singles guys, and they're putting on a tag team match that ranks up there with some of the best things we're seeing tag teams do. You know what I mean? And it says something about the tag division on Raw. Maybe they're not letting the tag division put on matches like these, or maybe these guys are just really that good. You know what I mean? Mix of both, I would think. I think, yeah, maybe a little bit of both, but you've got people in the tag division we know who can put on matches like this. The Revival, we've seen the Revival put on matches like this. We've seen AOP put on matches of this quality. They're not being allowed to because these guys who are bigger stars and bigger draws are being allowed to. They're being put together at the top of the card and being allowed to. But isn't there a diminishing return on that? If you've got all of your single top singles guys doing tag work, then they're not going to be over there fighting for singles belts. But I mean, what all singles belts? I mean, Seth had his intercontinental championship on his waist. He wasn't fighting for that. 
And how else would you have gotten the other three guys involved unless you I had a singles know. match? That's the problem is they have to throw these guys together because they have so many guys at the top of their card, but they haven't spent any time building the actual tag division. And they're putting over how, oh, isn't our tag division great? And it's like, these guys aren't your tag division. They're having a tag team match, but they are not your tag division. Your tag division is busy being squandered over in the corner there. You know, so on one hand, I love this match. This was the match of the night, as we said. But on the other hand, I'm like, ah, I wish they were letting some guys who were actually tag teams have tag team matches this good. Yeah. You know, I heard, Uncle, speaking of Uncle Meltzer, he was going to give this match five stars, but he thought Drew McIntyre was lighter in NXT. So, Oh, Jesus. All right. So Nick. you picked uh, you picked this match correctly. Uh, I actually thought I had a big old conspiracy theory, as I normally do, you dripping about the, this. The dripping in gold conspiracy theory. Well, it's yes. more about splitting off Drew McIntyre. I do think you, Dolph is starting to anchor him back. I think I want Drew up there at the top. I've been a Drew fan soon. for over a year now, and I... No, it's not. It is too soon. I think he might win the okay. Royal Rumble they this year. The, they put the the Raw Women's Championship on Ronda Rousey after she showed up for six months. Yeah, he's nowhere near the draw that Ronda Rousey is. That's apples and oranges. Saying it's too soon is neither here nor it's there. It's too soon for him to split up from Ziggler. They're going to stay together through the end of the year, and Drew is probably going to win the Royal Rumble. That's my call. You wow. heard it here okay, first. Okay, that's way out there. I'm. Hey, man, you want the you want why I'm not saying that that Drew's gonna be doing anything on his own? It's because it's gonna be a while. So what do we do next with these guys? What, Dolph and Drew, they here? stay together for a while. They feud with the Shield. They're part of the the dogs of war. We break off into the singles. We get uh, Ambrose and McIntyre. Yeah, and, while still you know. all being factions. They, right. They, they they have to have a faction to fight the Shield. The dogs of war, as they're starting to call them, it's a damn good faction. And it's they're strong enough, and they're being booked strong enough to look. They can they can toe to toe the Shield. So yeah, they ain't going. They ain't, they're not going anywhere. All right, but uh, yes, I am the only one who got this one right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles for the mm. WWE Championship. Uh, I thought again, I I will never not be okay. The main event is the main event is the main event, and the WWE Championship is always the main event for me. It has always felt weird, and it will always feel weird that that the WWE Championship is not the final match of the night. Period. I'll never get over that. I don't know how to feel every single time they they stick the WWE Championship in the middle and they do something like the Universal at the end. It just it. I don't feel like that belt is being legitimately represented. And it's funny because on paper it made sense to put it here because it would be in the dead middle of the cards, kind of where they had the NWA Championship in All In where you've got the kind of the big moment in the middle of the card, and then we calm back down, then we go to another big moment at the end. So in that sense, it made sense. What's crazy is I don't think they anticipated that tag match to blow off the doors the way that it did, because this was a hard transition into a much slower-paced, hard-hitting match, as opposed to the very fast-paced tag match. And I was really worried. I was like, oh, man, how are, they, how are these two guys going to follow that? By God, they did. Yes, they did. This match, they did a great job of slowing everything down, letting the crowd relax, letting them you know, catch their breath after the tag match, and then they built this match back up. So by the end, they were just beating the absolute piss out of each other. Uh, Samoa Joe did a, did a lariat at one point that you know AJ did a nice sell for, but it legit... I mean, he was his mouth was bloody afterwards. Oh, yeah. He beat the crap out of him. He took I, his head off. I think off. I remember uh, commenting, this, just going, "Wow, this is this is stiff AF." It's, I was not expecting this kind of match to be that hard hitting, but stiff. I'm glad they did because those two guys can probably pull that off in a, in a safe fashion. So, yeah. some good strength spots. Uh, AJ yep. Styles had that one. Uh, it was a spinning rack power bomb on Joe, who's you know significantly bigger than him. Yeah, 
but all the way, yeah. He was, Joe did get him up into a muscle buster position. He, the second, second time, he's teased the muscle buster. Yeah, and Tyson Kidd at home went. Um, <laughs> if but if he, but AJ can take it. He's used to taking a TNA. Yeah. If Joe ends up ever winning the belt, he might do it on that move. It, so not the clutch. Well, think? they've made it. They've but they've made that move like. Joe's secret deadly weapon like the coquina clutch is the one he always talks about he puts it on people all the time but I think the muscle buster is kind of like the super scary one like oh god he's not gonna do the muscle buster Jesus Mm. you don't know what's happening if he he pulls that off you know what I mean oh god he's killed him kind of well (laughs) (laughs) uh but this no this was a match that I thought uh, had every possibility of failing because of its placement because of what came before it Let's, Um, let's talk about the finish uh, for a couple minutes, Let's, because I, I think that's I'm, the bulk of the. Yes, they worked really stiff. Yes, they hit each other really hard. They, yes, we've got more. They succeeded of this coming, when we didn't think they could. But the finish here is the big is the big talking point. Absolutely. So, uh, Joe had him in the coquina clutch. AJ rolled through, getting out of it, and on the t- count of two by the ref, because he had Joe's shoulders pinned. Yeah, down so when AJ he was rolls. Up. AJ rolls up over Joe's shoulders, so his feet are on the ground, and but his head's still locked in Joe's arms, but he's. Pushing Joe's shoulders down. Yes. So the ref starts counting Joe down. AJ uh, taps. But, but we don't see AJ tap at first. All we see from the hard cam angle is Joe's shoulder down. One, two, three. Joe sits up as their bell rings and goes, that's right. I'm the new champ. And then when they start announcing and still Joe turns around and goes, wait, what the hell are you talking about? Then we see the reverse angle a little bit later. And sure enough, AJ taps on two. So we now have a, a, a contested finish. We have one where Joe has a legit point. AJ did tap, but Joe's shoulders were down and the ref didn't see it. So yes, AJ's still the champion. The ref's decision stands. <laughs> but, but, and we actually had a little backstage bit that was fantastic as well, where Joe came back yelling at Paija. And uh, well, she he was, was doing that all the way up the ramp. That was brilliant. Oh, yeah. But, but, Paige. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, Joe's yells are one of my favorite things. Regal! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I love the fact that she gave as good as she got, where she stood right up to him and was like, basically like, you shut up. Yeah. Um, and they set up a, a future match. They took a no DQ match for their next encounter uh, at, in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Is it, is it here we go again with AJ doing another long line of multiple stipulation matches well, uh, he, with yet another opponent? I actually went back and looked. AJ's had a lot of... Uh, like goofy finishes yeah. over his pay-per-view defenses of this title uh, over his pay-per-view and pay-per-view since he's come to WWE. He's had a lot of matches have screwy finishes. Uh, you know, most recently, obviously we can think of, of Shinsuke, but right. there's been a lot where there've been DQ or no contest finishes. So this is nothing new, which is weird for me to think about because with, you know, it's, they don't want to have AJ lose, but he, they've had AJ lose a few times, and it's not hurt him at all. You know, he yeah. lost to Brock Lesnar clean. He lost to Finn Balor clean. Didn't hurt him. And I think if he lost clean to, to Joe here, it would hurt him less than him tapping out. You know what I mean? I The thing I like about it, though, is that now this feud can go forward and not just be about Joe harassing AJ's family, right? Sure. It doesn't have to be. 
I th- I'm sure they'll still include the, well, that. The culmination of that was him, you know, authoring his own children's book. Oh, the, you can't you can't go any further than that. That was brilliant, and it will be a remembered thing in WWE history. That was like the the Usos New Day rap battle, where <laughs> it should not have been good. That should have been terrible. But but Joe made it great. It was so good. Joe made it great. So uh, no, I'm looking so forward to it. So we move on from the family stuff and barbecues and oh, Wendy. Yeah. Well, let's, so now we're doing. You know, he's going after Paige and he's getting stipulation matches. Well, yeah. I mean, the problem is now we have a month and a half until the next match. So yes. what are we going to do to fill that time? I'm not worried about it with those two. Neither am I. They'll entertain. But the I shit like out the, of us. I like the fact that Joe now has a legit beef with AJ, and that's going to get into AJ's head even more. This is going to. This is only going to build. They did. You know, this match was basically built. The the ending of this was made to build the tension even more. Yep. And it's made the whole thing more intense. It's not just another cock knock finish. So I think Judith Brooke and I both picked Samoa Joe because I, uh, I thought that personally, I thought this would be a, uh, it, it was time. You know, the, the funny thing is when I was making my picks in the, in the busted wide open group on Facebook on uh, doing the Facebook live the other or Sunday morning, I, I called out something that they hadn't been making a big deal about AJ's title length, like his length of his reign. Mm-hmm. And of course, as he's coming out they at Hell in a Cell, yeah. this is the 300th day of AJ's. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Of course they did. Yeah. So anyway, that was. I think it's time. I don't think they're going to run AJ Styles to 450 some odd crazy days to to be the number one. They could. They could, but they I, could. I they could very easily do that. I don't think. I I don't know, man. I mean, if the way that they're going right now, if he feuds with Joe through the end of the year, never loses it, he has one more major feud, he gets that. He could, he could easily do it. That's true. It's It wouldn't That's be true. that hard. Uh, I think it would. we'd start getting sick of it at some point. Is it Super Showdown that they're getting the uh, the rematch, or is it, is it Saudi Arabia? No, I think it is going to be at is it, uh, Super I know Showdown. The, I know it's one of the, the shows abroad. It's going to be Super Showdown. Okay, uh, that, was that what, makes that was way more said, sense. Uh, that makes way match. more sense. Okay. Um, oh, and Bebosh just said that in the, in the, yeah, in the chat. Yep. Okay, there you go. Um, the thunder, that makes the thunder down under show. Yes. Uh, so yes, you and, and Judith Brooke. I'm trying to remember what Judith Brooks uh, rationale was for picking Joe. I think it was just that she was scared of him. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to pick against him because he'll kill me. You know, that's that's not a bad. That's kind of always not why a bad I, thought process. That's why I always pick for Minoru Suzuki in all of his matches. I just don't want him to find out that I picked against him because he'll find me. He will find me. <laughs> Uh, moving and then on. it was all downhill from here. This is where it started to go downhill. Ms. Maurice versus uh. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. An entertaining enough match, but it was, after everything else that we'd seen, it was uh, it was not as good. I just turned the volume down and started playing Benny Hill music. <laughs> it was a little bit Benny Hill. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It was a lot of, it started off with Daniel Bryan and Ms. actually having a match. But it was, you know, nothing that we haven't seen them do before at this point after the SummerSlam match. No, it started with Brie and Maurice in the ring, and then Maurice turned around and slaps The Miz. So then right, they and do then, that back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And that's when the Benny Hill, whatever. This happened. It was entertaining. I like the mixed match challenge. It's going it, to, I'm glad it's coming back. We're going to have fun watching it. That's really all of this was for me was yeah. the promotion of the mixed match challenge. Yes. And that's the thing is I don't think the booking of this match was that creative either because no. when Daniel Bryan and the Miz were in the ring, it was some of it was the exact same stuff they did at SummerSlam. Sure. And then once Miz I, Maurice, I think, was in the ring and I think she what did two moves the entire time. Uh, and Brie Bella did most of her hard, hard, hard work against against Miz, like beating the crap out of him. <laughs> um, but uh the, the finish here, I I didn't like at all. It was it was clunky. It was messy. Uh, Maurice 
reversed Brie Bella kind of awkwardly into a pin that Brie didn't even try to kick out of, but wasn't hurt. So it didn't make sense that she would get pinned so easily. Um, it was, yeah, it just was, it was kind of, kind of crap. Um, but that, of, that's the best way to describe but it. But of course the, the, you know, the wives I hope now will go off and have their own feud oh, separate God, no. from Miz and, and Daniel Bryan They'll have their own. No, they don't need a feud. Just have Daniel Bryan and Miz. Well, if they're going to have anything, have them go somewhere else. Let's let's have them leave the two guys alone to have their feud. I mean, I, I like you said, all for the mixed match challenge. Okay. It was fun. It was entertaining. It made for a fine match. It was at least a bit of a change up from what we'd seen the rest of the night. It was a bit of a different look at, at wrestling at fine. Okay. It was <laughs> your one point between about three in the middle of three hours to really go get a beer and take a whiz. Yeah. You know, I had, you, you've got Ziggler and Mac and, and Ambrose and Rollins, then Joe and styles. And then this, and next up you had Rousey and then Strowman and Reigns in the cell. Yeah. That this was your only chance to go like see something that you probably I had. I had my steak. I had my mashed potatoes. You know, I had my salad. These were kind of like the the beets. You know, like just pick I've, around them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm all right. And they're it's, they're fine, but you know, it's they made they look they're pretty. Beets. They look pretty <laughs> on the plate, but they're beets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me let me get on and move on, and, and hopefully the dessert will be delicious. So you and I picked this one right with uh, Miz and Maurice going over. That is correct. Uh, poor JB did not. No, no, uh, she just cannot stand Miz and Maurice, and I, I don't think she could bring herself to mm. uh, to pick for them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Debray, Brie Bella, they're not winning this feud yet. Um, so uh, moving on, we got to talk about Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Do we have the, to the Raw Women's Championship match? We do because you hated this match, and I thought it was pretty good. I thought this was actually a, a pretty solid match with some with some good fundamentals. Uh, it's just some old school wrestling fundamentals. Work the ribs. The stronger opponent uh, is gonna is gonna look weaker, and then you just build on that. And at a certain point, the strong the the baby face hulks up and kicks the crap out of the squirmy little heel, and we have the match. I thought it was I thought it was fine. I thought Rousey did a great job for her part. I thought Alexa played her part really well too. I didn't like having all the women on the outside, you know, confusing things. But at the same time, they needed a little bit of support uh, for this match. I thought like a little bit more going on, so that's fine. Um, nothing really pulled me out of this match. Uh, Rousey doesn't sell terribly well yet, but she's still green. She's not supposed to be Dolph Ziggler yet. Um, I, I yeah. Overall, I and, and honestly, but she's she, the champion. So you're you're over there making that argument, but she's the Raw Women's Champion, right? You shouldn't. That's not something that anyone should even feel about a person who's the champion. I, that's my whole hangup with Ronda. And, having, and having having her be the small the belt. technical nitpicks about her game when okay. she's when when the here's the thing her upsides so vastly outweigh her downsides from a business perspective, but not from a wrestling fan perspective, even from a wrestling fan perspective, I can Uh, forgive a a little uh. bit of bad selling when she hulks up and goes off and is so entertaining when they let her do that. They had to tell a bit of a story with this match to actually make it a match. I liked, I liked the hulking up bit and I really liked Alexa standing over her and yelling at her and smacking her and doing all of that stuff. And then you get the flip and I enjoyed that part of it, but she's, she's rich. She needs, she needs to hang out at the performance center for a little bit longer. I don't. She is so far ahead of where she should be at this point. That's fine. I, I, I'm just saying she really is, and I understand. I think that they put the belt on her too early. I agree with you on that. But what's done is done. She is the champ, and I thought this was a very entertaining match. It was a lot better than a lot of Alexa Bliss matches we've seen. I'll say this in the smarkiest possible way oh, I can. Lord. 
Uh, I, th- I think the idea of bringing no, you know, you know what? I'm going to save this. I'm going to save no! this. I'm going to save this. You till can't we... just tease us like that. Come I'm going to tease you. I'm going to save it till uh, after we talk about the next match. Oh, okay. It'll make right. a lot so I don't have to wait, it'll, wait too long. It'll make a lot more sense. No, because there's only one left. Okay, yeah, and right. it's the one that's going to be. <laughs> we saved a good twenty to thirty minutes here towards the end of the show to Did talk we? about this match because. <laughs> Hold on, real quick before we get to this, we Holy have to crap. say that we all knew Ronda was winning here. Of course, in this match, it's been like three weeks since SummerSlam. All okay. three of us got that right, but uh, but yeah. But here's the thing: before we before we move on, before we move on with this current, here's the one my one downside, and this is this is going to kind of turn into what you're saying here. Yep. With Ronda being the champ, who's going to take the belt off? Who realistically could take this belt off of her? I don't, don't say know. and don't say Nikki Bella because I said realistically. Uh, you know, I, with the way that she's booked, I'm not saying realistically and like that they might do because you know. F U W W E, but a returning Nia Jax potentially. I'll throw that one in there. Really? I mean, just from a strength perspective. From a strength perspective, I, you know, but, I, that's the only one on Raw that I could think of right now that could. You said realistically, that could realistically come in and take the belts off yeah. of Ronda Rousey, and she's been absent for a while. Don't really know what's up with her uh, or what her timeline is, but they did have that program earlier in the year that we all kind of just turned our noses up at quite a bit. But she's the one you don't, that could come back and have a, a story around being able to overpower this the baddest woman on the planet. You don't think Ruby Riot could step up and like use her her chicks to distract her and like love to see Ruby and like Riot. a like a, like a get get like a, a five knuckle shuffle on her like a little little uh, little weighted fist knock her out. No? no, you don't see that happening. No, no? not okay. anytime soon. All right, all right. Not well, we'll see. Soon. But uh, I, I'm just just curious because they they are making her look like an absolute monster. They are, and they're they're like you've used the phrase diminishing returns several times uh, over the course of the weekend and everything. And I just think there's going to be a, they pulled the trigger so fast you didn't spend any time building her up. You're riding her previously built reputation, and there is a diminishing return on that because if she's not out there being the UFC women's champion badass that she was before, that starts to die and that starts to lose a luster after a certain period of time. So there's a lot of that that I have to say after we talk about the next match that I I don't even know where to begin here because I really enjoyed this until everybody got involved. Let's begin by running down the match. Here's the second of our Twizzler Hell in a Cell matches. Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship Twizzler belt um, or the Heinz Ketchup belt, (laughs) to quote Eric. Uh, So... All right, so we had this match starting. They both get in the ring. Mick Foley is your special guest referee, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, you know, at least at the start of this, I thought it was a nice touch. But uh, so they get into the ring, and it's just the two guys beating the crap out of each other. Nothing terribly out of the ordinary. Some stairs, some big moves, some Superman punches. Um like a kendo stick that didn't do anything to Stroman. Yeah, Stroman he just snaps broke it over it. his knee. I loved all the stair stuff where Roman would come running around to try to do the drive-by or something or a spear, and, and Braun just, bang, clings him in the head with If the you stairs. didn't know he was going for a drive-by, it just looks like Roman's just running around until Stroman hits him with the stairs. It looked terrible. <laughs> if you didn't I know he was doing the drive-by. It was, it was you funny. You deserve it. I also laughed when Foley counted a three and was like, no, no, it was two. It was two. Yeah. He accidentally counted three, and Stroman started yelling at him. Um, but, uh, anyway, and I loved it when Strowman was, uh, you know, Roman wouldn't stay down and Strowman yelled, why don't you stay down? You moron. It was, it was, it was fine. It was nothing special, but it was fine. Uh, these two guys are really good together. 
if you just have them beat the crap out of each other, I'm entertained. That's enough. But it wasn't a good Hell in a Cell match. It was if you'd taken away the cell, I actually would have liked it better because it would just been the two guys beating the crap out of each other inside the cell. It was kind of like okay, but wait, there's more. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, so we had the both <laughs> the guys beat each other down until they couldn't stand up, and then uh, you know we're getting a bunch of two bunch, bunch of like two point nine 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 counts. Two guys are lying down the ring. Out comes Ziggler and McIntyre to try and break into the cage and help their boy Strowman. But no, first of all, the ref won't let him in. But second of all, here comes Ambrose and Rollins to try and fight them. They fight around the cell. They fight to the top of the cell. They fight on top of the cell. Ziggler and Seth fight halfway down the cell, beat each other up, and do the old both guys fall the off flop. the cell. Yeah, yeah, they fall off the cell at the same time into the tables. Uh, Dean Ambrose and, and McIntyre take a nap on top of the cell. Meanwhile, inside the cell, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman have been asleep for 10 minutes. Yes. Um, and I must, I must say, it was a hell of a cell for them to be down for 10 minutes. No, that was okay. Uh, but uh, You see what I got to deal with here, guys? <laughs> my point is, is at this point, is all of that, okay, it was a little silly to have the guys inside the ring lying down for 10 minutes. It's a little the, silly. The, the match outs that was going on outside the ring was better than the match inside the cell. Which is which is sad when you have these other four guys doing all the crazy cell stuff. Yes. For these two big, like, why couldn't Roman and Braun have done some of this? We've seen Braun get up on a cell before. Yeah, he threw Kevin Owens he off. He threw Kevin of Owens it. off. Brilliantly, I might add. Yeah. Terrifyingly off of a cage, actually. Is not Roman a cell. scared of heights? Uh, so is Mick. Mick still got up there. Sure. Anyway, the point is, is that uh, it, it was at that point it was weird, entertaining, but already weird. And then Brock Lesnar's music hits. I I, ha- I had I have n- no words. I, I you better I, find some words. We got to talk about this. I, I had no words to describe. That was an utter, a complete. What was the feeling? Surprise. What did you feel when when you when you heard his his uh, music kick? Because I think we are still tagged as explicit on this show. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> and I don't drop f bombs lightly. Uh, I don't. I don't do that. I think that was exactly what you said in our Facebook discussion group live <laughs> live was, chat. It was. I, I was just. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was legit mad. And let's like I was I was already like you guys. You were hot when he came out before yeah. everything went down. Yeah. Okay. So Brock Lesnar comes out, and by the way, not just any Brock Lesnar. We have slimmed down Viking beard Brock Lesnar, who, by the way, in my opinion, is best Brock Lesnar. Uh, I like beefy beard Brock Lesnar, like UFC beard Brock Lesnar. That's my favorite Brock Lesnar. But uh, but skinny okay. beard Brock Lesnar is I'm not mad at him. You're going off on a tangent. He's here. ditched the Jimmy John shorts. I'm hey man, just clarifying some things. <laughs> uh, so Brock comes down. Paul starts screaming at the ref to open the door. Of course, same response he gives to Ziggler and, and McIntyre. No, we're not opening this damn door. Brock kicks off the door, kicks the door off its hinges. Like Kane ripped it off. Brock just kicks it off. Which was cool. Sorry, that was cool. That was very cool. It was cool. He kicked down the doors <laughs> yeah, to hell. I know. <laughs> I, as a dude who likes Braun Strowman because of the, the like the, the the craziness he causes, you had to like that. I did. I went, oh shit. Yeah, that was <laughs> cool as hell. Kicked the door off. Starts going inside the ring. Uh, uses the door as a ramp to get up into the ring. Climbs in the ring. The the still napping Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns start to stir. When the beast comes into the ring. Meanwhile, Mick Foley gets outside of the ring and starts yelling at Paul Heyman. And uh, despite being one of the biggest draws in ECW back in the day, Paul maces Mick Foley in the face. Love it. 
which Mix sold brilliantly, by the way. That's how you that's how you react to Mace. You just Arr! and you drop. The only way that could have gotten better is if Mr. Sacco had come out of Mick Foley's pants and gone into Paul Heyman's mouth and it had been just a back and forth between those two. I would have I would have absolutely marked the hell out if that all that stuff had gone on. No, they they, they couldn't have had Mick distract that much from the match at that point. I <laughs> oh, mean, what, what? You mean the guys I have a, in the match climbing all over the cell weren't hey, a distraction enough? I, I don't think this is the end between Mick and Paul. I really hope they at least let Mick get back at Paul at some point. We're like, dude. Does, does the ponytail come back? Does does the cell phone come back? <laughs> Pauly dangerously? Pauly dangerously? Yeah. I think it's too late for that. He's... <laughs> he's... he's <laughs> he's, already, he's slimy enough. He doesn't need those back again. Um, the, the long black trench coat, uh, the vinyl yes. trench coat. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so mixed mixed drop. Brock's in the ring. One F five to Roman. One F five to Strowman. They're dead. Brock leaves. No, 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 he didn't leave yet. He bro- he took a broken table. And oh, that's started, started beating with a broken table. The shit out of him. Yeah, him. yeah. Started beating the crap out of him. Beat the crap out of him with the table, and then F five them. Excuse me. Yes. Just trying to get through this so we can discuss this. Oh. Bottom line is, ring comes up. The, the cage comes up. The cell goes up. The ref gets in the ring, takes one look at Roman, one look at Strowman, and goes, no, nope, we're done. It was, no a, it was a different ref, too. It was the same ref that actually tried to save Jeff Hardy at the beginning of the show uh, by raising the, raising the cell and calling for the paramedics. Yeah. That ref needs to be fired. I'm yep. going to say that right now. That ref is way too overcautious. Yep. Fired. Uh, am I, I have to go check again. It might have been the same. Chat group, help me out here. Was it the same ref that uh, counted the three on Joe and missed the tap? Because if so, I'm calling for that ref's head. I think that was a different ref. I'm pretty uh, sure that was a different ref. You can't have that same ref in three theory. matches in a pay-per-view. The conspiracy th- uh, I don't know if sure you can. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my whole takeaway from this match is I thought I was going to get a Hell in a Cell match between Braun Strowman and, and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship on a Money in the Bank cash called cash-in. That's what we were sold. Mm. What we got was... Uh, McIntyre and Ziggler versus Ambrose and Rollins 2.0 all over the outside and on top. You got of a Monday Night Raw match in the middle of the ring, all over the top and the sides of the cell, yeah. and then completely interrupted while the guys that were supposed to be having the match in the first place spent the second half of the match laying there Making on a nice the map. map. Yeah, That's I the thing is- no, I, I am so mad at this match. It's it's. This is not how this it was. was and we, I thought we got rid of this shit. It was fine if they had 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 a good third act. If they had pulled this all together at the, in the in the third part of this and not had it be just oh Lesnar and we're done, we're out. You know what I mean? They could have pulled this off still, and we could have been entertained by it. The fact is, the first third was Roman and Braun in what could have been a no DQ Monday Night Raw match. Then you had and you know the the rest of the guys. All tussling and doing some some kind of like you know modern PG era Hell in a Cell stuff. Fine, but then if you go back into the ring and Roman and, and Braun get really hardcore, this would have been a good match. Yeah, right. It would have they would have pulled it out and it would have been fine. The problem is is having Brock come in, but even that's not really the problem. The problem here is that Brock comes in. And gives them one move each after a little bit of, you know, oh, here's here's some plywood to the back. One move each. And then there's a no contest and a hell in a cell match is thrown out. Now, first of all, hell's in a hell in a cell matches. Let's let's just discuss what those are. Yeah, because they have been kind of crap since 2009. They've almost all had interference of some sort in a match that's supposed to not have interference. It's now, the whole granted, point of it. Granted, Kane did interfere in the very first Hell in a Cell match, and there were interferences over the years, but for the most part, they were feud-ending 
terrifying match. They were culminations. They, they were, were blow-offs. Yeah. They were, they were, it, it all ends here. Yeah. Right? Now, now sometimes we get Hell in a Cell matches like two or three matches into a feud. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns just started at SummerSlam and they're already in a cell, right? So first of all, they're coming way too early in feuds. Then when they happen, there's too many, there's too much interference. There's too much crazy finish stuff going on in the middle of the match that distracts from the fact that it's a Hell in a Cell match. And there's a, now a long legacy, a 20-year, 20 21-year legacy of Hell in a Cell, right, that we were pitched a lot about with Mick Foley being there and having his own special at the end of the show, after the show, which was which, really good. Which was brilliant, by the way. Which was really, really you good. should absolutely go watch and that. And I've seen him do it live, and it's, you know, he's been working on it for a long time. This is the greatest hits, by the way. Um, but it's, here's the thing. Nothing will, as much as we want it to, nothing will ever come close to the Mick Foley Hell in a Cell match, the first one, because someone would have to die. You're gonna have second gonna be, one technically. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. first McFoley one, he did few a few other ones. Well, right? he did. It was him and Taker in the first one. That's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. In the, in the oh, second actual yeah. Hell, in, uh, I think it actually technically was the third Hell in a Cell match There's, because their second one because the first one was Michaels and Taker. But the, but the very first one was Al Snow and uh, um, Big Boss Man was a kennel match, but that was the first time they used the cell. They just didn't call it Hell in a that Cell. That wasn't Hell in a Cell. I'm getting ticky tack. My point is. <laughs> My point is, is that Hell in a Cell took on a certain aura because they used to have it be such a terrifying match where, like, in, especially in the Ruthless Aggression era, it was always bloody as hell. Yep. It was super. Do you remember Taker and Brock in their first Hell in a Cell match? Yep. The first one, not the recent one, which was fine and a little bit bloody, but nothing. Their first one was one of the bloodiest matches WWE's ever put on. Yeah, and it was about the time that you know, gnarly. T- Taker was infamous for blading, and it was one of the that was kind of the beginning of the end of that. Holy crap, yeah. that was bloody. But uh, the, the point is, is that we still have that feeling like Hell in a Cell should make us a little uncomfortable. But the problem is, is that with WWE's now like new post-Benoit standards and PG era tactics like it's never going to be as scary as we remember it being or as they sell I, it to us as being i don't agree with that at all but we but, just saw braun Strowman throw kevin owens off the top of the cell but this is my point there's things that they can do that will make it still an exciting match and make it feel a little bit like that even though it's very watered down and one of the things that they have to do to not have that happen that feeling of being watered down or being frustrated with it or not feeling like a hell in a cell match is not having muddled finishes and not having interference not well and uh, at the at the very very the biggest thing is not having freaking no contests it's hell in a cell this goes until someone freaking wins that's the point of Hell in a Cell. Or dies. Mick Foley took freaking, uh, like, let's talk about the Mick Foley match. He took ungodly punishment. He went off the top of the of the, the, the cell, dislocated his shoulder. He went through the top of the cell, and a chair hit him in the face and lodged a tooth in his nose and tore a hole in his bottom and lip. And he was unconscious for a he whole minute. Unco- yeah, he was knocked out. He was hit with stairs. He was tombstoned. He was concussed. He was covered in thumbtacks. At the end of it, and didn't remember. wasn't even didn't remember the time he got backstage that he had been put in tax. He didn't remember if the tax happened or not. He had tax stuck in his arm. But now, now we've got a couple of guys getting hit with some pieces of broken table, and they get take one finishing move each. Oh nope, they can't go on. They I, can't go I on. Agree. Right? No, this is hell in a cell. If you want to keep any kind of aura around hell in a cell, these people should be going on until they're. 
even if it's kayfabe, even if they don't, they don't have to be legitimately concussed and broken the way Mick Foley was, but freaking sell it like they are. You know what I mean? If Brock had come out here and just broken arms and just really destroyed these guys, not F5, 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 we're done. Really destroyed them. Like if this had been a five, 10 minute beat down of both of these weakened guys, I, and, and then, you know, even then it shouldn't have been a no contest. One of them should have won. This is why they shouldn't put a hell in a cell this early in, in a feud. This is why they shouldn't have big interferences like this. We, even we if it was Roman draping the arm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, Here's what I wanted to say about this earlier when we were talking about Rousey. Um, <laughs> F. Lesnar and F. Rousey. Because, oh, for crying out loud. Because, hear me out here and actually let me get this out. Okay. okay? So, my whole stance on this is that we now have, for all intents and purposes, celebrities that have uh, pre predisposed or pre-built audiences coming with them and they're getting paid very large sums of money to make appearances and to be and to have spots and, and these things. Yes, the fact that you're putting the women's championship on Ronda Rousey less than six months of her be actually being there is, is kind of tells the story here. But what it does for me, it's it I look at it as almost like kind of Tyson or Trump showing up on the thing. It's a it's a goof. It's it's a it's a it's, a, it's not it's not wrestling. It's not my wrestling show that I'm that I've loved for 30 years. It's it's these other characters, these A-lister celebrities or so that are coming in, cashing a check, and getting to do something like this. They haven't been here long enough to build a reputation. I haven't seen them do these kinds of things. And if they just show up like this, you could certainly make an argument for Lesnar has been around the block He's for, absolutely for a long time. But at the same time, it, the whole thing with him over the last year or so was not him there defending the title. It was the exact opposite. Well, this is—I I I don't want these guys in my wrestling anymore. Here's part of the problem, and I, and I think this is one of the things that a lot of fans felt about this was they were frustrated that it was Lesnar, because—and this is we talked about this on this show—they did such a good job of making everybody hate Lesnar since WrestleMania, because they wanted to get Roman over. They wanted to just do anything they could to get Roman cheered, and to do that, they had to make Brock Lesnar look absolutely awful, like legit awful where they were calling out him being a part-timer and how he's only out in it for the money and he wants to go to UFC, doesn't care about any of you guys. They had to give him go-away heat to get Roman even somewhat cheered against him. But that means now when he comes back, nobody wants to see him. They've burned down this guy who, by all intents and purposes, is actually the best example of what you're talking about in terms of how it works. Lesnar's a guy with some legit credentials. He went away and became a legit major mega superstar in other activities besides WWE and came back as a top guy in WWE and is a huge draw and a big attraction. That's absolutely what WWE wants. Ronda Rousey just got here and she's still cutting her teeth, so it's too early to know, but it looks like she's in it for the long haul at this point. She's not going back to UFC. No. Okay? So I think on a, on a couple of your points, uh, that's not exactly what's happening in this particular case. And with Brock Lesnar's case, um, the frustrating thing is, is that, yes, you're right. He is coming back for the paycheck legitimately because we do. And we, I haven't watched Raw yet, but uh, I, I do. I have followed up on that. And this, we found this out later Sunday night. They made the, uh, the match for uh, what they're now calling the crown jewel, their next pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia in November. And it's going to be Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. For the Universal Championship. The triple threat. The triple threat. Yeah. 
Um, and Lesnar is getting paid $1 million for it. He's getting paid $1 million to be there. So, and, and, and apparently he was asked for specifically to be there. That's the draw he is, is that, that they wanted to pay WWE a lot of money and Lesnar a lot of money to have him there. So that that's why they want him still around. It's fine for an exhibition, but it's it's not. It's within kayfabe. It's within storyline. But even in storyline, they set it up to be that way, where they said, "Oh, Brock Lesnar's getting his rematch when Hell freezes over." That's what that's what Kurt said, right? And Kurt Angle's gone now. Baron Corbin's there, and so from a storyline perspective, it still works. But on, but the thing is, is he's not just some celebrity who comes in and does things from now and then. He's a legit guy who's been there for a long time, who they've built up for you to feel like a guy who, you know, who is a quote unquote part. He is a part timer, but he does a lot more work than a lot of part timers like say, oh, I don't know, Undertaker at this point, John Cena. You know what I mean? The Rock people still cheer all those guys when they come back. Undertaker had been there 15, 20 years. Yeah, almost he, 15 he, years before Brock ever showed up. Right. Undertaker's got he's all got my way, respect. Of course, he's got way more pedigree. My point is, at this point, he wrestles once a year. I'm sure, I'm sure. When the money's right, which is Brock wrestles more than once a year. 60 years old. But my point is, is that like if you're, we're going to hold him to a different standard. So at this point, they're still attraction guys, and they're being they're being made to be more important than the regular guys on the roster. Which I'll agree with you is that, a lot. That is the that's crux the diminishing of what I don't returns. Like. Yes. That's the diminishing returns is you're not making new superstars who in ten years are going to be able to come back and build your brand. You, I mean, at this point, maybe Seth with the way that he's going, you can do that with like in ten years when when Seth is in his you know uh, what uh, like fifteen years when he's in his late forties. If he can yeah. still walk, you know what I mean? You can bring him back and he can, you can stomp somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but is he going to be as big of a holy shit draw as Lesnar or Undertaker at that point? No. Because they've spent so much time reminding us what a big deal that Undertaker and Lesnar are. Um, so in that sense, yeah, they should really be putting over their modern guys, uh, making them a bigger deal now. But the thing is, is money talks. And when someone says, we will give you all of this money to have Brock Lesnar here, you're going to do it. Yeah, I can't say I wouldn't. You're going to do it. I can't say I wouldn't. Uh, that doesn't make the finish of this match any better. And that's uh, and, my, and what I'm saying is, because I was entertained by the end of it. I didn't think it was a good decision. I didn't think that the end of that match was... Let's in be clear, any, you were entertained for the wrong reason. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. I was, Explain was, that so that everybody understands. I was understands. morbidly entertained. Absolutely. I was yeah. just like, you got to be freaking kidding me. But at the end of the day, I get why they did it. They just did it in a very stupid way and in a, a, a wrong way, right? They, they really undermined the legitimacy of Hell in a Cell. They undermined the legitimacy of the two of their main guys. Braun Strowman has now failed his cash in. So he's going to go down in history as someone who failed his cash in unless they find some sort of kayfabe way to give a loophole to him. You can't have a cash in with there's a, a no contest because of no, they already booked the next match. They're but doing I'm a saying, like, in Saudi Arabia, but maybe he'll have a rematch at some point, which he'll have to fail as well. Ugh. My point is, is that, uh, but it, I mean, it is, it's a way out for him, but it's the history books will still show that he lost his, he failed his cash in, uh, Mick Foley. You had Mick Foley in this match for really no reason. You kind of wasted no. his appearance in this match. Yep. So there's a lot of things that frustrated me about this, but honestly, and this is weird to say, Brock Lesnar's involvement was not the thing that that pissed me off the most about this well, because was. I understand why they had Brock be a part of this. I thought it was actually intriguing, and from their storyline, the kayfabe they've been that, that, that they're operating in here 
it, it makes it makes sense that he would interfere in this match, right? What was the the worst thing that you thought was the fact that him? they delegitimized the Hell in a Cell and it ended in a no contest? Ah, okay, that's what pisses me off, and the misuse of Mick Foley. That's what pisses me off about this, where it just it it felt like just a wet fart ending to a really good pay per view. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's 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 wrap up this pay per view. Because overall, I thought this was a really this was one of the best pay per views they've had this year. I agree. You know what I mean? Well, like, it, it was until really the last really, two until. <laughs> well, I liked the the Rousey match. I thought the Ms. Maurice match was underwhelming, but still not bad. And the, honestly, the Rousey match, I, like I said, at worst was a decent match. The the first four matches of this card, like we got we got done with AJ and and uh, and Samoa Joe, and I just I was going, holy crap, is this going to be better than WrestleMania? Is this going to be? Oh, is this going to be? Oh my god! I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, it was a it was a great show until like until that that last little bit. And obviously, <laughs> we have different reasons why the last bit frustrated us. But those last few minutes are what really did the show in and left the sour taste in everyone's mouth. Everyone, though, please remember they put on a fantastic show until then, and that's saying something. And I do want to be positive about that. Yeah. Right. It was really good until that point. And so just because they bungled the end of their main feud shouldn't, in my opinion, make every, like, like it, it does emotionally color everything else, but let's take a step back and say, no, it was actually a really good show. That was a fantastic show. Yeah. Outside except, of that. Except ending. for that finish. Yeah. Which is kind of a running trend now, I hate to say. Uh, <sighs> it's been they a while just, since they've had doing... a show this front to back good. No, 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 I'm talking about the the ending on these crazy no no oh. contest uh, muddled finish kind of thing, and then just putting the copyright up and going black. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, which is which is too bad because you can actually it's and I mean look at the reaction to this pay per view, right? You can make a really bad pay per view good if you go home from it on a high note. Yeah. If you if the pay per view ends on on a fantastic finish and you go home, ah, that was great. You think the whole pay per view is great, even though every other match could have been terrible. Every match on the show could have been great, and it ends, and everyone was in our comments was just going, "Ah, oh, man, this is crap." Well, everyone feels like I quit. Man, I quit. That's you. Yeah. Um, for twenty four hours. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was it colored the whole pay per view. I did. You know, and it's it's too because bad because it's about what we remember, right? It's about, right. What are we going to remember? Last thing we remember. Not, is- are we going to remember that this was the this was the beginning of the double turn for Charlotte and Becky, where they they put the women's championship on not Becky? Be a double turn. No. It's, okay. It's not going to be a double turn. I mean, well, you that dummy who got every single match right on this card. You did this guy uh, seven or this eight. Guy. What does that mean? Depending on last match consensus. Okay, so if uh, I said Roman Reigns was going to win this last match, nobody he won. didn't technically won. Nobody won, but he retained his belt. So you can either give me the point because he retained, or you can not give me the point because he didn't technically win. Uh, but, I'll have to. I'd have to go back and listen to what you said. Yeah. Well, uh, if you said Roman Wayne, wi- R- Roman Wayne, Roman Wayne's wall waiters. Yeah. If Roman Reigns wins, or if you Roman Reigns retain, Roman Reigns retains, Roman Reigns retains. Say that three times. Roman Reigns retains. Yeah, okay. If you said that, then sure, have the point. Either way, it doesn't matter because you smoked JB and I. It doesn't matter. Yep. Sorry. Which is kind of a running trend. I show up when it counts, folks. That's true. That's true. You've always, Survivor you always have WrestleMania. You always have WrestleMania. Anytime, anytime we, we go head-to-head against another podcast, I can count on you. That's when I, I fall. Am 2-0 in I fall apart so under pressure. Far. Apparently, I am two and zero in fantasy so far this year. <sighs> All right, so uh, lingering feuds, lingering storylines. Yeah. Do we have anything to look forward to? Absolutely. Uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. We have a lot of stuff, a lot of fallout to talk about this week, Thursday on our main show. 
Um, I'm looking forward to SmackDown tonight uh, here in a couple of hours. I'm looking forward to watching Raw and SmackDown and NXT because NXT is going to have Ricochet versus Pete Dunne for for both championships. I did also see the announcement that officially uh, 205 Live has been moved to Wednesdays. That's right. And uh, I think they're going to do that for the first time this week mm-hmm. as well. So be sure to update your calendars and we'll look out about, for 205 Live. We'll talk about Live. that on Thursday. Yep. Also on Thursday, I had a nice I had a nice palate cleanser after, uh, after Hell in a Cell. We had both Destruction in Hiroshima and uh, Destruction in Beppu over in New Japan. Both really good. Well, Beppu wasn't that good. But <laughs> it, was, <laughs> okay. it, was, it was all right. Uh, but it, but man, destruction in Hiroshima, Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, so good. I can't wait to talk about that on Thursday. We also had PWG's Battle of Los Angeles was this week. Yes. We have to talk about that because one of our boys, one of our boys, our friends of the show, won the whole thing. And we're very happy about that. Uh, but that's all coming up on Thursday, Nick. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, everyone, if you're listening, if you're still tuning in, hang out for just one more second because we have to tell you, you got to go check us out in our Facebook discussion group. Yes. You have to go check us out on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Yes. And check- if you love this show and want to give us some support, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our tiers for just five bucks. You can interact with the show every single week. Get your listener questions in that Sir Ian Dangerous and I will discuss right here on the show every single week. I also get you a copy of the show notes and We've got to do another bonus episode for September, Sir Ian. Yes, for indeed. our ten dollars patrons. Mm-hmm. So uh, we I did have, have a the great, one, I, great one lined up. Oh, you had, uh, was it the Bullet Club one? Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna. There's a little tease for you. Uh, so definitely head over to Patreon.com. Check out all of the tiers that we've got over there for you uh, and get signed up. But uh, and also, you know, if you guys are watching us on YouTube right now, yes. thank you very much. Make sure that you hit the the subscribe button and the little bell to so you notified when we go live. If you're not watching us on YouTube and you're just checking us out on your podcast right now, check us out on YouTube. We go live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, and it's a lot of fun. We do interact with our with our chat group here uh, on Twitter, and in addition, we do have all of our videos up on YouTube yes. in perpetuity. Yes. So check us out on YouTube, please, and hit that subscribe button when you get there. Yes. Uh, but I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com